This could be the other secret ingredient. This could take you places you've never been before. Okay, I'm going to teach you about that in just a second. But first of all, actually, you know what? I need an assistant. Who's going to help me out up here? Who wants to learn something? Anybody? I just need one. Yeah, come on up. All right, let's give it up. Can we have one of these mics? Fantastic. My name's Lad. I'm Dana. Dana, really good to meet you. Nice to meet you too. All right, you got to smell these. Are those oh, good? Those are good. Yeah, I mean, but do you like not, coffee? I don't have any nasal drip for you today. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Do you like coffee? I love coffee. Okay, good. So when you look in there, tell me what you see about those beans. They're nice and What do oily. they look like? They kind of look shiny, which means shiny. they're really fresh, right? Really fresh. So if, like, if your beans are all dried up and kind of light brown and dusty, mm, probably not the freshest. So, okay, so I like to fill the bowl all the way up. Are we full? We're full. Okay. So... There's probably different kind of grinders. Obviously, this is the very best one ever, and so um, so we're gonna grind. I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you do that, okay? So we're gonna grind. You know what? I, oh, just hold on one second. One thing I like to do, just to mix it up, is I like to shake it while I do it. Oh, you shake. Yep, I like to shake it. All right. All right. Let's check that out. So you want to go? You want to go like not totally coarse, but not totally fine. Kind of mediumish. Medium. Kind of yeah. some big chunks in it still. A little bit. Perfect. This is called, oh, wait a minute, we forgot to grind the beans. you got to start with dark, fresh, whole beans, okay? Two, we have to grind. Okay, you guys good with that? Grind. Dana, you got this? Got what it. are we going to start with? Dark, fresh, whole beans. Yeah, and then we we're going to grind. grind. We're going to grind these things, okay? And so let's just call it, let's call it medium, okay? Are you guys as entertained by this as I am? <laughs> okay, we're going we're gonna to do that. Now, Dana, let's go ahead and pour those right in there. Just okay. dump them right in there, all of them. Yep, absolutely. It's a, it's a precise measurement, okay? Perfect, yep. So, I like to do it just about that much. Can you see that against my white shirt? Can you kind of see where that's at? That's about, now this is, well, whatever, yeah. Does that look good? That looks good. Describe how big those are. Are they all, is it real fine? Some are fine, some are chunky. Oh, that's perfect. That's perfect. Okay. Now, while you're doing this, if you're a multitasker, ladies, uh, men, probably not, so at this point, what you'll do is you'll think, oh, i got to boil some water, guys. Women, the water will already be steaming, right, right, at this point. Now, good thing is Jill is a woman, and she already has the water hot for us. Thank you, Jill. Appreciate it. And uh, the water is hot, okay? So what we're going to do is we are going to, uh, we're going to pour. Dana, this, you know what? You're working for a living, okay? You're going to be up here. Pour that in there. Okay. You pour the water in there. Oh, man, that looks perfect. Just pour it right up to this silver ring, okay? okay? Put in the right amount of water. And then magic ingredient number three. Oh, isn't she doing a great job? A little bit higher. Perfect, okay? A little bit higher. Now, what I do is... Uh, no, that's, that's great. Um, what I do is I stir. I stir exactly six times. No, I'm just making that up. Um, I stir... Okay, and then I don't want any heat to go out because I don't have like an insulated one. So I stir it and then I just kind of set that there for about a minute and a half or so. Okay, so let's get, let's get back over here to our process. Thank you very much. Can you come up here more often? This is fantastic. Okay, okay so we're going to grind, kind of a medium grind, and then uh, French press. How many of you guys knew this was called a French press? Nope. How many of you have never seen one of those before? Okay, perfect. Um, so let me tell you, this guy named Kurt, uh, I was a 
a doorman in, uh, in Illinois, in Chicago. I went to school in downtown Chicago. And I was a doorman, and the guy who was in the penthouse, you know, we'd talk and stuff, and he evidently had time on his hands and a little bit of resource on his hands, so he was in the penthouse. And um, <laughs> he invited me up for coffee, and he did this thing, you know, and he actually showed me how to make French press coffee. And once I tasted that, it was, it was done. Like, I, I bought one the next day. I threw away the coffee made or whatever we had. Like, I never made drip coffee. I'm not exaggerating. I never made drip coffee ever again. Ever. And so Kurt kind of really taught me how to make coffee. I don't know what that stuff was before that I drank, but it wasn't coffee. And so he taught me how to make coffee. He kind of discipled me in how to make coffee. And so this is called a French press. Are you tracking with me? Everybody say French press. French press. Okay, what you don't know is that I have an amazing mind for time, and it's been exactly two minutes and 15 seconds that that's been sitting there. That's how long you should let that stand, all right? And then you just press it, okay? And so, Dane, I'm going to let you press that down. Yeah, nice and slow. Excellent. Is that you, Vince? All right. Solid. But see, it kind of gets, it gets, gets a little bit hectic. It actually is kind of firm sometimes. So we're going to press it down slow. Man, if there was a zoom, if there was an ultra zoom, you would just see the joy of that water coming up through those. It's fantastic. Okay, I'm going slow here. That's good. That's good. You're doing perfect. All right. So um, number four is two minutes. Press. And the best way to have good coffee just telling you, it's black, all right? Black, no sweetener, all right? That's the way to roll. But for those of you who uh, aren't quite up for that just yet, now, Dana, you like coffee. How do you I like do. your coffee? I like it with cream. Like no sweet? No sweet. All right. I'll just have the cream. One or two? Two. All right. All right, so we're going to rock a little cream in here. Is that about right, or do you want a little bit more? One more. All right, good stuff. My coffee actually looks kind of like milk. That's fantastic. You know what? This has grounds on it. It's all right. It doesn't hurt We're going to go like this. <laughs> I am a multitasker and a dude at the same time, all right? <laughs> all right, so you got to... Don't burn yourself, though, because it's probably pretty hot. Is it any good? It's very good. All right. Smells good. Cheers. Thank Cheers. you for being here. Guys, give it up for Dana. Thanks. All right. Dana, let me ask you one more question. If, if I had, let's say someone walked in the door right now and they're like, what in the world is going on? And I erase that. Do you think you could teach them how to make coffee? I can. Is it, is it complicated? No. How many of you think that if someone came in the door right now, we took, the, we took that away and whatever, how many think you could basically teach them how to make coffee like I just taught you? It's not really complicated, is it? So I, I've just kind of given you something, and, and you could share it with somebody else pretty easily. Yep. All right? Let's give it up for Dana. Thanks. Yeah, why don't you... Uh, I'll, yeah, that'd be great. Thank you. So, who wants a cup of coffee? Who wants a cup of coffee? All right. I'm coming your way. All right. Good. Vince? All right. We're gonna, oh, here you go. Thank you. All right. Hey, uh, what about cream sugar? I'm all right. Yeah, baby. How about you? Nope. Solid. Black is better. Okay. Who likes theirs with cream and a little sugar? 
Anybody? You got coffee? Just black? All right. Fantastic. I convinced you. Is it good? Is it decent? All right. I just gave you a new problem. All right. Anybody else? Uh, One more. Who likes a little cream and sugar? I'm going to mix one up. Oh, black. Man, we are rocking. Thanks, Greg. All right. And uh, I got one more. Oh, Black? Man, you guys are solid. I like this. All right. You have to let me know if it's okay. All right. So, coffee. It'd be pretty easy to reproduce. I tell you what, I, um, when I had that first cup of coffee like that, I thought, that is the best cup of coffee I ever had. And I have, like I said, made coffee like that ever since. Now, I've perfected a little bit with time and kind of to my taste and you know sometimes it comes out slightly better than others but pretty much I make the same cup of coffee every day because somebody taught me how to do it. Today we're talking about focus and we're talking about how as as uh, as followers of Christ um, God calls us to focus uh, on him. You know we talked about insanity. Dave's been talking about insanity for a couple of weeks that for us that if uh, we do the same thing over and over and over and we expect to get different results, this is not going to happen. And so God calls us to change our pursuit, to pursue Him, and to change our attitude. Last week, if you were here, we talked about wisdom from Proverbs. How many of you guys were here? Right? We talked about wisdom. And there is uh, a point at which what Proverbs says is very true in that, that you know whether or not you're open to God's wisdom, like kind of based on your attitude, right? The, the fool always says, man, I don't want to hear that. The wise man is always open to rebuke, always open to learn. In fact, you, you go to a wise person, a wise woman, and you say, hey, I, I don't know about this issue in your life, and they're probably going to listen and receive you well and appreciate, and then they're probably going to learn something. How many of you know that if, if someone comes to you with something, like maybe a criticism or they think maybe something you're doing is wrong, usually there's a portion, they might not be 100% right on, but usually there's a portion that kind of hits home. Have you ever experienced that? Yeah. And, uh, and in me, and probably in you, there's a tendency to sometimes push that away and sometimes accept it and say, you know, they're only 10% right, but what can I learn from that 10%? Right? Maybe they're a little more than 10% right, and well, how can I grow? How can I learn? Okay? So today we're talking about, we're kind of finishing this series and talking about our focus. And we really want to talk about what it is to follow Jesus and focus on Him. Not really a new idea, but specifically in regards to getting a different result in our life. How do we follow him in a way that we really focus on him? Okay, so this is pretty simple and it's pretty repeatable. We're going to talk about some of those same things about focusing on him and following, following Jesus. I'm going to pray for us and, and we're going to get started. And uh, my prayer for you today is, is that as you have been following, because many of you have been following him, my prayer for you today is that as you've been following, that, that you would, and I would be open to say, God, is there a way for me to focus more on what you've put me here for, on the design or the plan that you have for me? You know, um, like Courtney said, uh, she came here almost a couple years now, uh, in the next couple months, uh, kind of in the fall, Mike and Courtney came for the first time. We used to have a South Campus. They came into our South Campus, and I met them there. And 
and they've been following. But about a year ago, God really answered some prayers. There's some things that they had been praying for, and God really answered their prayers and allowed them to focus on Him in a completely deeper level than they had the first year. And they trusted in Him, and they jumped in, and they said, we want to be totally identified with Him. And you probably hear when they got baptized the last time we did baptisms. And it's just exciting to see how people, how you and I can always say, God, would you help me to focus and, and follow you even more clearly? We're going to see that from the disciples, that they, that they began to follow and then that they, they followed more. There was more following and more focusing to do. So that's my prayer for you. And if you're here for the first time, uh, if you're here just kind of thinking through this or maybe even came here kind of kicking and screaming proverbially, well, here's my, here's my encouragement to you. Man, Jesus, we're going to find out that Jesus just says, hey, come, come follow me, right? And there was a lot of people who came and followed him and, and listened. He doesn't, say, um, he doesn't say at first, his first call is not, hey, come, and, and he gives them the whole package and you say, are you in or are you out? He just says, hey, come follow me. And, and as you follow, you're going you're gonna to get to see what is true more and more. As you follow and as you pursue others around you who are following Christ, you're going to see what is true more and more. So thank you for being with us here this morning. And, and it's my prayer that you would actually feel welcomed by God to come in and, and not, not, uh, not sold a bill of goods this morning, but, but to just take the first step of following and say, I'm open to following that and seeing where that goes. Because he's the God who, who has us all in process. So anyway, so that, that's my encouragement to you as well. Let me pray for us and we're going to get started. God, thank you for this morning. Thank you for your word. God, you've said that you're a God who reaches out to us. You sent your son Jesus to reveal who you are to us. God, we couldn't find you. You're not a a God who plays hide-and-seek around the universe or hide-and-seek around time and doesn't want to be found. You're actually the God who is with us. Your name's Emmanuel, that you came to be with us, that you, you came and found us. You're a rescuer. God, thank you. Thank you that you approach us and that you did so through your son, Jesus. So today, I ask that, that you would speak, just like, just like these young men up here said, freshly, this year for the first time, they, they really said, God, would you speak? And, and they heard from you and you used them. In the same way, God, would you speak to us? Would you teach us through your word? Would you speak to us in our heart? And, and God, would you help us to take steps to follow you in the things you call us to? God, we give you praise, and uh, we're excited to hear from you today. In Jesus' name, amen. So this morning, uh, we're talking, uh, we're going to start in Matthew 4. And in Matthew 4, uh, what we have is Jesus calling uh, some disciples to follow him. So let's read through that. In Matthew 4, uh, verse 18. You can follow along in a couple of places. You can follow along in, you know, I don't have my phone on me, uh, but you can follow along on your phone on the YouVersion app uh, or on your iPad. You can follow along in the YouVersion app and there's some notes and all the scriptures are in there and uh, you can do that or you can follow along on the screen or right along in your Bible. These are, um, if you're under 25, this is actually, this is a book and they used to print these and uh, there's paper and uh, it's not a digital screen, it's not, it, but it, you can touch it. It's, it's, you can touch it. Uh, you can actually write on it with this other thing called a pen. Okay? Matthew 4. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. 
They're casting a net into the lake, and they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets and followed him. We can leave this one up. Uh, Peter and Andrew, brothers, they were in their father's business, and they were mending their nets. They were fishermen. And Jesus approaches them. Now, the people who are super smart and study the, the word say that this probably isn't the first time they ever heard of Jesus, but this is very early on in their relationship with him. They were not followers of him yet. They were not disciples of him yet. And they might have heard of him. They might have heard him preach. He had just begun his public ministry. And he comes by and he says, Hey guys, Peter, Andrew, follow me. Follow me. That's what he says to him. He says, Come and follow me. And I will make you fishers of men. Actually, the word come is, uh, it's actually an exhortation. It's actually a, uh, a command. Um, I don't know who's listening, but I, I would imagine that it would be really good if I had an eraser up here uh, for this. Or some kind of a rag or something. But, um, hey, thank you. That is fantastic. That is solid. I tell you what, at K2, everything works that way, right? Thank you, Jill. All right. So, first thing Jesus says is he says, come, okay? Come. It's actually a command. Uh, It's actually, he says to them, he says, come. You know, elsewhere, John says this. He says, no one comes to the Father, and uh, no one comes to the Son unless the Father draws them. You know, you might have grown up, and you might have thought, you know what? I, yeah, I'm young, and I'm going to do life, and eventually, when I get around to it, I'm going to—I'll figure that God thing out. Maybe I'll have kids one day, or we'll family, and we'll do that, and then I'll come to Him. And I, just God's word says that even when, we, like, let's just say, let's say you're at a place in life where, where you're approaching Him for the first time. What God's word actually says is that that out of his great love for you, that he draws you to him. Actually, he brings you. And in the same way, what he did is he came and he said to Peter and Andrew, he said, come, come to me. And, and I just want you to know that just right out of the gate, man, God wants people to know that he says, come. That he's not a God who, who wants them far off, that's happy with them being estranged from him. That he wants them to come. And so he says, come. And, and the next thing he says is, follow me. Okay? Come and follow me. All right? Follow me. All right? Come and follow. And he just invites them to come and to follow him. To, to do life with him. To walk with him. To hear from him, to listen to him. Come and follow me. And this is really the first thing. God wants us to come to him and to follow him. It's not complicated. He says, that's how you come to me. Come to me and follow. And here's, here's where he goes. He says, I will make you fishers of men. Okay? We talked about this, we talked about this coming before. Uh, we talked about, uh, we talked about uh, this come kind of in our, our attitude, a willingness to come. You know, in life, when you're at the place where you, you don't like your results over and over again, 
um, this is what we talked about last last uh, week, is that there's an attitude change, right? That, that we need to be willing to do something different. And two, um, when we follow when we follow Jesus, right? There is a um, there is a change of pursuit. Many of you know that you have spent years pursuing something different, right? You've spent years pursuing your own way. And he says, come now and follow me. Uh, when you're following someone, when you're following someone else um, and pursuing them, what do you have to do? You have to keep your eyes on them. You have to watch the way they're going. I started riding uh, road bikes. How many of you guys like to ride bikes? Either mountain bike or road bike, right? I started riding road bikes this year. And... Um, and I'm usually, uh, I'm usually the last guy kind of in the group. Like if I go with a group of guys, I'm usually the last guy. And I usually make it my, my habit to, to always keep somebody in sight. So when you're climbing up hills and stuff, like, you know, just, just to have my mind on a goal, right, on, on keeping my eyes on the guy in front of me and making sure I don't lose sight of him. Not because I'm going to get lost, but just out of staying with the group, staying with the pack, right? And when you're following, you have to, you have to watch you have, to, you have to pursue someone or something. Oh, there's different kinds of learners, right? Do you guys know what kind of learner you are? There's different kinds of learners. Who, who knows some of the names of different learners? Just shout them out. Visual, kinesthetic, auditory. And the other one, which is kind of a, a medium deal, is, uh, is read-write, okay? Um, like, so it goes like this. So there is, um, there is, uh, let's go with visual first. Okay, visual. Visual learning. Um, I think I am, it's one of my strongest is visual learning. I love to snowboard. And I learned to snowboard in 1995 uh, when I'd never snowboarded before. I uh, went to Colorado with a buddy and we, uh, we got paid to drive a van to Denver and we hitchhiked from Denver out there. We got paid just enough that both of us could buy three days passes at Winter Park. Who's been to Winter Park? Right? Fantastic. And so went to Winter Park, and we tent camped in the snow across the street from Winter Park because we didn't have money for that. So we tent camped there, and we rode for three days. I skied, and he snowboarded. And so we, you know, we rode for three days. And if you do that, like you kind of trade turns leading and stuff like that. And I watched him and his body work for for three days on a snowboard. And I thought to myself, I want to do that. And I know how to do it. I had burned in my mind the way he used his body and the way he turned the board. Does that make sense? I'm a visual learner. How many of you guys are visual learners? Right? I see it and I can, can do it. Okay, we're going to go to the next one. Um, is uh, Let's go auditory. Um, how many of you guys are auditory learners? Okay, what are the other 97% of you doing here? <laughs> like, because I'm kind of talking, right? You know what I mean? Isn't that interesting? Because we talk this way a lot. This is probably a different subject, but like we talk this way a lot, right? Only 3% of you said you're like auditory learners. You, do you realize that? You just said that almost none of you learn by listening. Okay. There you go. But, but check, that, check that out. How... So... So how are you learning? Think, just think about that. Okay, so auditory. Um, people, like, they just get down on information. You give it to me, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, 
I'm going to process it. You say it to me once and I've got it. Tell me the process and I can nail it. I can think it through and play it out. I can learn that way. Okay, read-write. This means a uh, combination. You like auditory, but you need to see it visibly. How, how many of you, when you remember something, like let's say you just go back to school days or maybe you're in school or whatever, you could, you could hear it, but you, when you were taking the test, you were actually in your mind reading your notes off the page. How many of you are like that? Okay, are you guys read-write? Is that kind of the way you are? Okay, so um, read-write. By the way, I never would have made it as a, uh, like an elementary school teacher, obviously, on the board. Sorry about that. Um, read-write is the third way. Crystal is a read-write uh, uh, studier and listener. And uh, when we were in college, we went to college in Chicago, and we were in college together. We actually met on a street corner uh, late at night, but that's a different story. And, um, and so we're in school, and... Uh, and we were studying together, right? We were studying together. And she was studying something, and I was studying something else. And uh, her way of, of reading or studying was read-write. So we'd go into one of the classrooms late, and she would like, take the notes, and she would like, use the whole whiteboard. So she would write them out. It's like the, it, there's of no value to me. That's not what I was studying at the moment. When I was in that room, I was studying her, right? And so... Um, <laughs> So what I would do is literally we'd go study and she would read write all over the board and then I would go home and restudy because it it actually did not help me in any way shape or form well with didn't help me with my studies anyways. And so so that's that's how many of you guys are read write? Okay? A lot of you. Okay? Good. So if a lot of you are read write and you're hearing me talk just throwing out an idea if you're a read write le- learner like, there's this amazing thing called a pen and notes, right? If you're a read-write learner, actually take the one or two things that God kind of says, wow, that's a good thing, and jot that down. Or you can even type it into your notes on your phone or whatever, right? Uh, if you're a read-write learner. So, the last one is kinesthetic. Who knows what kinesthetic is? Who can spell kinesthetic? Kinesthetic is what? Learn by doing. Okay, learn by doing. And uh, how many of you guys think you're kinesthetic learners? Okay, perfect. And so uh, that's the other way to do it. Now, see, God, God is the, God's the creator, and so he created all of these different ways. He created all of our senses. And uh, what did um, uh, Dana, right? I almost called you Anna. Sorry about that, Dana. Dana, um, what, did, what did Dana do when she came up here and learned how to make coffee? Which one did she use? Okay. Was there probably some visual involved? Probably some watching me? Was there probably some kinesthetic of having her do it herself? Was there probably some auditory? Yep. Was there probably some read-write? Well, the closest you get to it is that I was writing it on the board. Okay? And she read it. There was a little bit of it, okay? So you thought I was just making the whole thing up, right? There was actually intentionality with it. So, um, as we follow, as we follow... My question to you is, what kind, of, what kind of learner are you? And are you following in a way that actually helps you learn? Does that make sense? Like, if you're not auditory at all, if you don't learn through words, and yet the only way you really ever follow is come and hear some words, how far do you think that's really helping you get? Probably not super effective, is it? 
uh, if you're, um, if you're a, a do-it person, right? If you're a person who learns by doing and, uh, and actually talking about following Jesus. And, it, and, it, and if you never really say, hey, would you help me actually follow Christ today? Like, can we actually do something together and actually help me learn that? Help me follow Christ in that way. If you're a kinesthetic learner and never kind of engage that style of learning in following him, how effective do you think that is for you? Right? So, so what we're talking about is that Jesus says, come and follow me. And he invites these guys in. He just says, come and follow me. And, and part of that was, was living and hiking and strain. And, and part of that was, was travel and different experiences and different smells and different foods and, and jokes at the dinner table and different prayers at different moments and different sermons, tons of different sermons. And, and then at times Jesus sent them out. He said, hey, I want you to go do this yourself. I want you to take this and do it yourself. And Jesus says, come and follow me. And so my question to you is, how are you following? Okay? Now Jesus says this to them next. He says, come and follow me and I will make you fishers of men. I will make you fishers of men. How many of you are commercial fishermen? Exactly. Right? Jesus wouldn't tell you, come. He wouldn't say to you, come and I'm going to make you a fisher of men. Because these guys were commercial fishermen. It's what they did. Does that make sense? Right? It's what they were. He said, hey, come and this thing you do, this fishing, I want you to fish for something so much bigger. If you're in sales, he'd probably say to you, come, follow me. I want you to sell the most significant product there ever was. You want to close deals? I'll help you close deals for eternity. I'll help you give people a service that will change their entire lives. If you're like a super organized PTA president, right? That's what you are. You are that person, man or woman. You, you just run your house in an amazing way and, and uh, you involved in all kinds of things. He'd say, hey, come. I want to teach you how to organize something that counts for all eternity. If you're in construction, he'd probably say, I want to make you into a builder of people. Not just a builder of buildings, not just fantastic, sturdy structures. I want you to build people. Do you understand what Jesus called them to? He said, I want to make your life count. I want to refocus your life. Right? He's not saying fishing is bad. He just, he says, I want you to... I want to focus you on what matters for all eternity. Okay? And so the third thing that he says to him is he says, I am going to make you. Okay, this word, make, really cool word, but Jesus is the one who does it. Guess what? You and I aren't the ones who do it. What, what does we do? We respond to his call to come. We follow, and he says, I'm going to make you. What does that make you and I? That makes us the receivers. That makes us the, the passive agent in the statement. He says, I am going to make you. Literally means to produce, construct, form, fashion, to put it together. He says, I am going to fashion you into someone who is about all eternity. A fisher of men. A, a person who sells life. 
a person who organizes, a person who constructs. If you're a banker, I want to help you handle investments that will last all eternity. Here's what he says. I'm going to make you into this. And really the heart of it is to refocus. Okay? I am going to refocus you. Today that's what we're talking about. Focus. Okay? All of us come into this and we've got our focus in one way or the other. And he says, I am going to refocus you on what matters the most. Okay? And he begins to do that. At the disciples, here's the way it worked. They began to follow. You know, if you track through the timeline of Christ's public ministry, they're a couple years into it and they still don't totally get it. They just barely understand that he might be the Savior. And it's only until really after he dies and rises again and they receive the Holy Spirit that they fully understand that Christ was God in flesh. There is this long play out. And for you, there might have been a long play out. We were just at a thing the other night and just heard, uh, just heard from somebody about how been here for a number of years at K2, and this was the year that they said, I understand, I believe. Given my life to Christ, I, I get it, and I'm fully committing to Him. Your timeline is going to be different than the person sitting next to you. But He says, come follow me, and I will refocus you. Okay? And so what we want to talk about is that refocusing, okay? Um, in 2 Corinthians 3, right at the end of verse 18, here's what it says. It says, when, when that happens, when we begin to follow, when we go from, from not believing to believing, uh, there's this thing that happens. The Spirit, the Holy Spirit comes to live in us. And where, where the Holy Spirit comes, he, he renovates. He makes new. And He makes us more and more like Him right at the end. We're changed into His glorious image. And in 1 Corinthians 10, uh, let's, let's, go to first, let's go to 1 Corinthians 9, actually. In 1 Corinthians 9... Here's what Paul says. He said, this is maturity. You're going to have to pick this up. If, if you get on uh, Uversion, you'll see all these scriptures. You can look, read them later. He says, uh, let's skip down to verse 20 and 21. He says this. He says, uh, it doesn't matter who I'm with. He said, what I've been refocused to, make, make sense of this. What I have been refocused to is that no matter who I'm with, I am all about inviting them to follow Christ. Everywhere I go, I am all about inviting them to follow Christ. So he says, when I'm with the Jews, I live like a Jew to bring Jews to Christ. Now he grew up as a gen- he, he, he grew up, he was a Jew, and, and he, he says, if I'm with the Jews, I'll, I'll kind of live the way they live so that I'm not constantly offending them so that they can hear the gospel of Christ. He says, uh, when I was with those who follow the Jewish law, I lived too under that law. Verse 21 even though I'm not subject to the law, I did this so I could bring to, the Christ, bring to Christ those who are under the law. And what he says is no matter who I'm with, whether Jew or Gentile, he says, I am totally refocused on inviting others. That's the fourth step. The fourth step is this. Invite others to follow. Okay? This is not a complicated process. This is like making coffee. Okay? Here's what he says. He says that maturity is us inviting others to jump into this process, to come and follow him. Okay? Um, here at K2, uh, in the next two weeks, you're going to hear more and more about uh, 
a tool that we are going to use to make this process happen. A tool that we're going to use to, to help invite others to follow him. It's called Basecamp. And you've heard about it for, uh, you probably heard about it last week if you were here. And some of you have heard this going around. We have, we've written this tool in such a way that, that so simply we can invite other people to understand clearly who Jesus says he is and how to follow him. And, and this process here is so easy and repeatable. Jesus said, I am going to make you a fisher of men. I'm going to invite you into something so significant. He says, I'm not, I'm not inviting you to follow me so that your life is more comfortable. I'm not inviting you to follow me just for the buzz you get on Sunday mornings. I'm not inviting you to follow me just for your comfort. I'm, I'm inviting you to follow me to make you a fisher of men. I'm not inviting you to make bad coffee. I'm inviting you to make good coffee. He says, I'm inviting you for a purpose. It's not just for you. It's not just to make coffee just for you. He said, I'm inviting you to invite others to follow me, to become fishers of men. Here at K2, for the next uh, few weeks, you're going to hear us talk about this. First week of October, we're starting 25 brand new base camp groups, groups of people just like you. All of you who are in life together, we're going to go through this. And we're going to go through it as a church here on Sunday mornings. And then in our groups, we're going to break out uh, with these books and in small groups uh, through the week all around the valley. I cannot encourage you enough. If you're part of K2, if you are one of us, this is, Dave says, this is the most significant thing that we have done in our eight years here. Dave told a group of us the other day, he said, if I could restart K2, I would have restarted with this. This is the one thing that I would do different. I'd take this eight years ago so that everyone knows how to follow Christ and how to invite others to follow Him. If you are here and you're part of us and you are saying, I want to know what's next, this is what's next. As you leave today, after we worship, um, after we worship, the, we're, there's a bunch of tents outside. They're geographically lined up in the whole, in, uh, along the whole parking lot. There's north and south and west and east. Uh, there's even one tent that's kind of like uh, college, the 20s age group. That's not really a geography, but sometimes you're kind of lost in that area. I don't know. Anyways, uh, so um, that's, a, uh, that's a tent. There's, there's all these different areas, and there's a number of different groups and group leaders out there that would love to meet you. If you're not involved with Life Together, we'd love to have you get involved with a brand new group this fall. Uh, the band is going to come on up, and uh, we're going to enter into worship because... Because this, this Christ, this Jesus who, who loves us and calls us to, to come and to follow, to refocus ourselves and to, to invite others into that, man, he's the one who is literally changing us from within. He is, he is making himself at home here. And it's our desire that not only like the kids who are growing and growing, but that more and more people would come to know him and to know his love. It's just like Courtney. The, the, the uh, ushers are going to come forward. The Connections team is going to come forward. We're going to take offering before we do worship. If you're here uh, for the first time, by all means, it's on the house. Don't feel like you have to give. But the reason that we give is so that, that ministries like the LIT and that we can refocus there, that, that people like Mike and Courtney who came here and have gotten involved and seen their whole lives changed, Man, thank you for continuing to allow us to do that and partnering with us in that way.
I'm going to pray for us. God, thank you for thank you for the privilege of hearing from you. Thank you for the privilege of of knowing that you love us. You've called us to come and follow you, and you've called us to invite others. You didn't call us just to be comfortable. You called us to invite others to be fishers of men, to be people who who talk about salvation, whose lives are totally oriented towards bringing others to know you and to follow. God, we want to tell the whole world about you. Jesus, we want to tell everyone about your love. God, thank you for the finances you've given us. Thanks for the privilege of partnering with you, of investing what you've given to us back into your kingdom. Thank you for everything you've given us. It's all yours, but we... We worship you and we trust you and we give generously into the work of your kingdom here in this church, in this city. God, would you help us to tell the world about you, to tell the entire world, this whole valley, this whole city about you, Jesus. In your name we pray.